The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Craig. Just got back from rookie training camp. What a sight to see. Great to be there. Great to be in football weather. It is crazy. We got news here on show 374. Well, Raider Nation, what we got here is, (laughs) what's on this show here? Let me tell you, Amy Trask has resigned from the Oakland Raiders, 25 years. Amazing woman, amazing person, and I'm going to tell you why this is such a bummer to me personally and share some insight. Rookie training camp underway. We were there. How exciting, I can't even tell you, man, to see football in any way, shape, or form is cool. The Oakland Raiders pick up some new undrafted free agents. They pick up some free agents. So there's some moving and shaking going on. It's kind of quiet. We're going to expose it on this show at that. And we're going to scrape up a couple bone lines. Let me just hit this right now. We have been having some issues with our 1-800-NUMBER provider. We've done our best to work with these people, and we're still working to make it right. But it's pissing me off. I just want you to know we're trying to get it fixed. Uh, We might have to move companies. I don't know. But I'm not going to say no more, because there's a lot to talk about for the Raiders. Very seriously sad to say and bump to the bone that Amy Trask, a.k.a. the Princess of Darkness. I coined her once. She smiled and asked me if that was a good thing. She has resigned from the Oakland Raiders, and it's a bummer for the fans. And let me tell you why. Well, first off, when the Oakland Raiders came back here from Los Angeles, It was a frickin' joke. It was a joke beyond a joke because, quite honestly, the OFMA, which was the governing factor when the Raiders came back, and it was ugly. There was a lot of of missing pieces. And they let the city of Oakland run the Coliseum, the ticket sales, and it was a tragic consequence. Fans had absolutely no say. They didn't give a shit. You know, too bad, so sad was the mentality of the OFMA. That went from the bathrooms in the parking lot where there was like six for for 60,000 people on one side, six on the other side. I'm telling you, the lines were so bad. I remember people were going to have a God-blessed seizure by the time you got to the front. People were paying to move ahead. It was crazy. Thank you, OFMA. Okay? I could go on 
And I think I freaking will. The parking was a nightmare. I mean, tailgating was brutal. You had to trick your way. I mean, it was just, it sucked. The way they had the traffic flow. I mean, it was chaos at its worst because it was run by the city of Oakland. And then here comes Amy Trask. When Amy got the job taking care of operations, things at the Coliseum changed almost immediately. I remember one game, they had one set of, it was the opening game, and they had one set of gates the ticket agents closed. That was forcing the 60,000 people through a narrow half the size of gates. It was, everybody got in late. It was a huge issue. And the next day, the Raiders fired that company. No longer around. Goodbye. You're out. Contract torn up. Goodbye. New company came in, ran the place better. Parking lot, same exact thing. One set of jokers running it one way, and it was so bad. I remember I remember these games, and I remember going, oh, this sucks. I hope somebody does something. And the very next game, the parking lot's restructured. There's different people doing it. There's different rules. And this is because of Amy Trask, I'm telling you. This is on the fan scale of things. She would walk every deck, all game, to make sure the vendors were doing their job, the bathrooms were clean. I mean, this woman was a relentless employee, man. She was crazy and dedicated to Al Davis to the freaking core. But more that, she was personable. She was approachable. You could email her. I will tell you a story. Everyone who's ever met this woman has a story just like this. I'm going to tell you a couple of them just right now. I'll tell you. It was a sold-out game against the Broncos at home. There were four Marines that had been contacting me for months before about possibly getting that game, and they were contacting me from Afghanistan. No, Iraq, actually. From Iraq. They sent me a picture of them all with their Humvees, 50 calibers, huge Raider flag draped between. Thanks for bringing us a little bit of home, Raider Greg. My wife was sitting at the computer crying her eyes out, and it was very emotional for both of us. I didn't know how to get tickets. I didn't know. I didn't want them to go through any other agency. I said, you know what? Let me just contact the Raiders. I sent an email to Amy Trask, never even seen her before, and I expected to hear from one of her subordinates maybe in a couple of days. Half hour later, I get an email back from her saying these words. Absolutely, we support our, our troops. We support them 100% here at the Raiders Al Davis and the Raiders organization respect those in the military and give me their names and their emails and I'll make sure they get tickets to this game. Needless to say, they all got tickets to the game, had a great time, and um, and this is just a small portion of what she did, man. This is just for me, me. I also emailed her last season. I felt that the Raider Nation podcast had done enough and for the Raiders on their behalf, really, to, uh, to get a press credential for training camp. So I emailed Amy, asked, expecting once again to wait for some time for an answer. And less than an hour later, she emails me back, of, of course I know you, Raider Nation podcast. Of course I know what you do. 
Yes, of course. I will make sure that our PR guy gets your name and make sure we get you in here for training camp. And so it was. And that's why we enjoy the access. And you, the fans, enjoy the access as well. This is thanks to Amy Trask's availability. And this this is crazy. Do you bring this home to your job? I'm telling you. She was a great spokesperson. And need I say, the face of the franchise in Al's, when Al died. Maddie Rader, a regular co- contributor and caller on this show, had a great story, and I want to I share that with you guys. About him being at a home game there at Buffalo, having a beer, when all these administrators from the Raiders, because the Raiders are playing the Bills, are walking through the parking lot, and in the middle of all these, these uh, superstar executives, here rocks little Amy Trask through the crowd, and she stops, and she talks to him, and she asks Maddie Rader, hey, where are you from? Are you having a good time? And let me thank you for being a loyal Raider fan, because, you know, you're out here in Buffalo. I want to thank you for coming out and representing the Raiders. Now, Maddie Rader, of course, it was amazing. This is exactly what anyone who would say in this same situation. She, he couldn't believe that she walked around and talked to fans that way and treated us like we were special, like we meant something to the Raiders, like we really did have a part in this team. Now, I know I've gone on a long way about Amy Trask. Some of you guys don't get it, but I'm trying to trying to make a message here that when she left there, and incidentally, that was the day that we were there at training camp, so we saw her in the parking lot, and we waved to her and said, Hi, Amy. She's always very busy, so I don't like to take much of her time. I wish I would have stopped, because that was the day she resigned. I wish I had stopped to, to thank her like this. I wish I had stopped to, to, to offer some comfort in a time that must have been difficult for her. Funny, too, because on the way home, Randy and I were driving down the road, and on 95.7, the game, the local Raiders uh, flagship station, by the way, these two knuckleheads on Saturday, I don't know what their names are. I don't want to spread them, by the way. But one of these guys started harping on about how Amy had nothing to really do with the Raiders at all, really. He had nothing to do with the Raiders team or the players on the field and Really didn't have much, you know, what was the big deal? What was the big news, he said. And I was incensed to anger beyond description. Dropping F-bombs left and right. I said, Randy, dial the number. He said, you're going to get a ticket. I said, I don't give a shit. So I got on the phone. I talked to the screen caller. And about two seconds later, he goes, oh, yeah, they got to hear this. And I got on the radio with this knucklehead, and he said, well, I really don't see the value in her. And I go, because you're not a fan, because you never had to sit in line and wait for a commode, because you never had to get a ticket reprinted because somebody jacked you around and there was no charge. Thanks for coming to the game, and thanks for being a fan. Countless, countless things that this woman did for the fans and the organization, and she was at every charity event. And you say she had nothing to do with the the team? Are you kidding me? Without her, the fans would be lost in space, brother. 
At that point, he cut me off and started to backpedal. Well, you know, I really didn't mean that. And his partner said, oh, looks like Raider Greg got you on the ropes. I didn't care. What I did care was any fan listening to the radio should realize how important she was to this organization and to us, man. To us. And in that, I'm going to let it go. But I'll say this. Thank you, Amy, because there's so many things I saw you do which probably dwarfs or doesn't even come close to the things that I didn't see you do. God bless you. Thank you for being who you are and my favorite princess of darkness. I know you can't believe it, because I sure as hell couldn't believe it, but there we were at the 2013 Rookie Mini Training Camp. I got to tell you, it was something. Well, hey, listen, obviously it feels good to be able to get back out on the field and and, uh, start working football again. It's really, you know, this is a time where, you know, you recognize that football season is, is, is coming on us quick, so... Uh, I think these rookies have done a real good job coming out here the last couple of days, uh, and, and they're very eager to, to learn and, and uh, try to get better and do anything they can to help this team win. And so, uh, you know, we're excited about having them out there. We've had a good couple of days of work, and, and uh, we get a chance to work with them again tomorrow. So, uh, with that, I'll open it up to questions. Sure. Philosophy in terms of how much you give these guys, do you try and overload them and see what they can retain, or give them a little bit of the time, or what? Well, really, you know, they're in catch-up mode right now. You know, we've had our varsity in here for a while now, and and uh, we've had an opportunity to meet with them several times, actually get out on the field with them a few times, and um, you know, kind of run through some plays uh, on air. So, um, you know, we're trying to get them into a catch-up mode. In this camp, it's more about not really overloading them so much, giving them enough to t- kind of test them a little bit, but really uh, not overloading them so much where we get a chance to really see them run around and, and see what they can do. How hard is it to gauge things out there? Well, I mean, I think you just got to know what you're looking for. You know, I mean, I think uh, really with the limited contact that you that you have in these camps, you know, you don't get a, really a chance to really feel uh, as much with the offensive and defensive lines. I think you get a lot more out of seeing what they're doing uh, from a skill position standpoint. So, uh, you know, our coaches have, have been uh, – uh, they've been chomping at the bit to get, get out here with these guys. And so – you know, we got some new coaches on the staff, and, and uh, I think they've done an outstanding job the last couple of days. And even though it's not really football yet, but it was for Hayden's first time out, you know, to go out and make some plays in the ball and such. How do you think he looked? Well, I think he's looked pretty good. You know, he's nursing a hamstring a little bit. He, he strained his hamstring, uh, you know, running a 40 when he was going through the workout process. Uh, so he's still not quite 100% from there, but he's been out there working through it. He made a nice play on the ball today. Uh, so. Uh, uh, I'm pleased with where you know DJ's at, and, and again, you know it's going to be a learning process. It's putting one foot in front of the other, and, and um, you know I think when it comes time to play games, uh, you know this September, I think he'll be ready to roll. Latavius Murray's work catching the ball out of the backfield—he looked really very smooth. You know, and it is, is that the kind of thing you're talking about—the skill position things that can jump out at you at a camp like this? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that was one of the things that we saw on tape that, that they did with him there at Central Florida is they, they were able to use him out of the backfield to catch the ball. And uh, he's done a real nice job at that. He runs nice route. He's extremely intelligent. So he's picked up the offense really well. Uh, and, and he's got really soft hands. So he does a nice job in the, you know, not only in catching the ball, but also when you look at it, he's done a nice job of picking up and pass protection. Bryce Butler has seemed like he made a lot of plays too. Yeah, today was was a day where you know I thought the tight ends kind of stepped up a little bit yesterday and they they kind of uh, showed out a little bit and then today I thought Bryce Butler you know throwing the ball down the field to him he's a guy that's a big target uh, that can really run and so um, you know we wanted to try to throw the ball down the field to him a couple times and see him go get it and he did a nice job today. Tyler Wilson seems to throw a really hard but accurate ball, Dennis. What what have you seen from him these past two practices? Well, I, I've liked the way t- that Tyler's you know commanded the huddle. Uh, you know, I've liked the way that he's gone through his reads. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, picking up a new system, I think there's still a little bit of rust there. But, but throwing the ball, I think he's done a nice job. I don't, I don't have any question about his arm strength and, and his accuracy. That's right, Raider Nation, the Raider Nation podcast. Randy and I invited to the 2013 rookie mini training camp for a day of film, a day of uh, interviews, and uh, just a day to realize that football is so freaking close. It is awesome. Started the day seeing old friends, people I haven't seen in a very long time. Silver and Black Productions were there, and all the Associated Press people were there, and uh, it was very cool. Um, and it's a great group of individuals that have a lot of knowledge, man. There's a lot of, of reporting skill. You can see it, you can feel it, and it's an honor just to be around these guys, honestly, because I'm learning by the day. Nonetheless, it was a beautiful day, and it started off with pictures and video. We got some great shots of the guys going through practice. Not the drills, per se, but mainly just position drills, and you could see how it's the video we have that Randio put put up on uh, YouTube. It's also on our site, www.radernationpodcast.com. Check it out. And there we were with an assortment of reporters from local and actually NBC, CBS. It was kind of interesting. The same group of guys, haven't seen them in a while. Uh, It's getting better. It's getting easier. And, of course, I'm learning from these guys. They're consummate professionals. They're great guys. They're pretty funny. Um, But nonetheless, there we were watching the players, checking out what they were doing. Uh, I got to tell you that uh, DJ Hayden looked pretty good. Now, before I even go into what I feel they look like this day, understand this. It's still a crapshoot. I don't care if they look like Superman today. Tomorrow they could look like mud. This is just the very beginning, and until they actually play in a game and start to get some actual NFL playing time, then we'll know what we have. Because in all honestly, honestly, let's just think about it. Tom Brady got picked in the sixth round. I think it was 199th in the sixth round. And look what he look what they got from he, that guy. So it happens a lot in the draft. So we gotta just do our best to get these guys through. It's nice to see little successes. It's nice to see their ability to play the game because that's very important. But let's not. Blow it out of proportion, uh, even though it's easy to do because you get excited this time of the year. Everybody looked good. There really wasn't anyone that looked bad. Uh, I don't know if that's on purpose, 
But there were a few drop balls here and there. There's a lot of rookies on the field that are just trying to make the team. These There's unrestricted free agents all over the place. They're trying to get a foot on the roster, and we picked up a few of those guys, incidentally. So the day was great. Uh, Bryce Butler looked really good, looked very good as a receiver. Uh, there were a couple other successes. DJ Hayden looked good. But like I said, they're playing against other rookies. They should look better. I, I would expect them to look better. C.O. Moore was all over the field. They move these guys to different positions all day, special teams. Uh, the kickers and punters weren't doing a lot of action I could see. Uh, Tyler Wilson's ball looked good. I'll just say this. Uh, there's something you can't hide. He has a great pass. that has got perfect velocity. It was popping off hands left and right. I'll tell you, I could see that right now firsthand. And the guy's got an era of confidence. I mean, it's not giddy. I mean, I mean, everyone's got their own personality. I think that uh, Flynn is more like a giddy kind of a kid excited to play the game. Uh, Tyler Wills is more of a, a serious tactician kind of guy. He's a little more reserved when it comes to that kind of thing. Maybe it's because he's a rookie. I don't know. But it seemed to be the case. But I'll tell you, man, these guys look good. They sounded good. They looked like a good bunch of guys for us to start a new team and uh, – and the Raiders organization did it well as well. So uh, we got to see what happens. Marcel Reese uh, joining us. You can follow him on Twitter, at CellReese45. Uh, how are you, Marcel? I'm doing well. How you doing? Good, What's man. Up, it's good Marcel? to talk to you. What's going on, Pop? Not much, man. Big news yesterday with Amy resigning. You, have you spoken yeah. to her since the, the news came down? What was that? Have you spoken to Amy Trask since the news came down? I know you were close with uh, her. I have, I have. Uh, she just sent me a text, and we texted back and forth for a quick second, and, and that was about it. But, uh, yeah, you know, it was a great woman, and, uh, you know, she did a lot of good things for the organization for football, and, and you know, uh, everyone moves on at some point in time, so I uh, wish Amy the best, and, and uh, obviously my organization the best. It's interesting, though. It, it does signify another change within the organization. As, as you're over there and you, you're kind of seeing things, is it what is it? Is it exciting or is there a sadness to it? What, how do you look at it? Uh, you know what? I, I think change is always exciting. And, uh, and, you know, I'm looking for this team just to grow, to grow on the field, grow off the field, and just continue to grow into a great organization and uh, to, to the top of the ranks of the NFL in every way, shape, and form. So uh, it's exciting for me, you know, to to kind of try and be a part of the a part of the change and a part of the uh, the growth of the team as much as possible. All right. So what what's going on with you guys right now? You've been involved in these voluntary offseason workouts for I think almost a month, several weeks, and the rookies were in this week, and you got an OTA session coming up on May the twentieth. Have you spent much time with your new offensive coordinator, uh, Greg Olson, Marcel? You know what? Uh, we we spent a lot of time together. Uh, I believe you know in my five years of playing, this is the most I've been around the building and the facility and organization since I've been a part of the pro been a part of the organization. And uh you can just feel the, the, the different vibe and different atmosphere that's coming across the team and in the locker room and, and upstairs and, and it's a good feeling right now. Marcel Reese is good enough to join us. Uh, Raiders fullback John Lund, Greg Papa here on the Bay Area's New San Francisco Sports, uh, 95-7 the game. We were at the uh, the draft party, and you guys were great, and, and uh, you're, you and Darren were good enough to uh, talk to my son, and he was really thrilled by it. But uh, the thing that strikes me is the, the fan base is so, no matter what is going on on the field, the fan base is, is just crazy for your team. How fun was that to just kind of connect with, with all the fans when you came out there? 
I've said it before, and I'll keep saying it. The Raider Nation, the fan base, the crowd is second to none. And I'll challenge any team, any so-called 12th man to that challenge any day, that no one can compete with the Raider Nation. And we love them, and we owe them so much, and we want to just give back to them on the field. They, we, You know, we see and feel ourselves off the Raider Nation, the crowd, our fans, and we love them to death. And, uh, you know, they reciprocate that love to us all the time, day in and day out, and we just want to give them something on the field to be proud of. Yeah, there's nothing like the Raider fans. They are hardcore and uh, certainly uh, undying in their support. Uh, the, the offense, as far as you, you've seen, I'm sure you got in the playbook from Coach Olson. Uh, how, how is this offense going to look this year, Marcel? Do you have, do you have a feel for it yet? Absolutely. Uh, I think to sum up one word, our offense, I believe, is just going to be dynamic, productive, and explosive. You know, you can use any of those words, and, and I think it'll it'll explain our offense in a nutshell. And, uh, you know, with Olsen there, I mean, Ole, he's, you know, once you meet him, you can just tell he just has a knack for the game. He has a super high football IQ, and he's very creative. And with those three things in once and off as a coordinator, uh, I, I don't think you, you have any excuse but to win, put up points, and, and be productive as an offensive unit. How about uh, going back? It sounds like you're going back to a, a power type scheme. Are you? How excited are you about that? I'm very excited. I mean, you know, it's what Dan feels comfortable with, um, and and I enjoy blocking for him when he when he when he's feeling comfortable with himself, with the calls that are being made, and the scheme that's in front of him. And uh, I think it's going to be a fun time for him. Uh, so what what are you doing this time of the year to get yourself up to speed? Uh, I know you're around the team as much as you can and working out, but uh, you can't do a lot out on the field with your teammates just yet. So what are you doing to get yourself ready for, for training camp? Well, you know, you, you can't do a lot on the field uh, in your building, but as, as, team, as a team and as leaders, we always spend time with each other on and off the field. Uh, we'll, we'll schedule some time, you know, at other fields to get together just as a team. And uh, myself, uh, you know, Darren and other leaders on the team, just get the team together, get your unit together, even just your position. Just try to be around each other as much as possible. Uh, everyone has their families outside of football, but we just want to be together as much as possible to, to continue to build our chemistry together and uh, and build the family and just jail. How about uh, how about Matt Flynn? Uh, like like uh, Pop said, you guys and you were talking about, you haven't had a lot of field time with him, but what are just your early impressions of him? Uh, you know, I didn't know Matt before he came over. Uh, I heard a lot about him, but, you know, our first day together, we, we sat down to talk for a little bit. But once, once we got on the field, Matt, for one, throws a very catchable ball, a nice ball. It's, a, you know, a pretty ball. And it's, you know, as of right now, I feel like he could throw and make any throw on the field. So uh, we're really excited about him. Uh, he has a, he's a good leader. He's a smart guy. And uh, excited to see, you know, what we do. This rookie minicamp they just had, uh, did you stick your nose in there and watch some of the guys work out over the weekend, Marcel? You know what? I tried to sneak in one day and, uh, you know, without doing anything wrong and, and sneak in. I didn't get a good, good look, but uh, all the guys were, were in today, and, and we saw some of the guys work out. You know, there's some big kids out there and uh, some young guys. So, you know, we look good. You know, I, I, I was excited about the draft and, and excited to see what the guys can do, so... I'm just looking forward to OTAs right now to, to get the offense and defense together and, and really get after it a little bit. Vic Tafer covers the Raiders for the San Francisco Chronicle on Twitter at Vic Tafer. Joining us here on 95.7 The Game. Vic, over the past nine years, the Raiders are the only team not to draft a Pro Bowl player um, in the first round. They moved down 
This year, picking up a second-round pick in the process. Is this the year that they get off the schneid? Did, did they, in your opinion, did they draft somebody that will be a pro bowler someday? Well, I'm, I'm not sure. They think so. They think that uh, Hayden's a can't-miss guy. I think McKenzie calls him a no-doubt player. They think he can be an elite cornerback. He has good cover skills. He uh, defines the ball. He's physical. So, obviously, the big question mark is uh, his health. He's coming off a pretty um, amazing injury where he tore a vein in his heart and um, – has been a pretty amazing comeback from that. So um, he checks out fine medically, but we'll see how he is mentally as far as, you know, getting hit and uh, not being too cautious when he's out there. How long until you grade a draft, Vic? Is it a couple years, three years? Do you have a certain timetable when you know how a team did? I think two years is pretty fair. I think you have a pretty good idea of what you got. I think you can always, you know, grade on the curve and maybe see some guys maybe more time to develop. But I think over two years, you have a pretty good idea if you have any impact guys or guys who might be impact players at some point. So, uh, I say three years. Vic McKenzie obviously entered a situation where he was well aware just how handcuffed he was going to be in terms of cap room and draft picks and things of that nature. It got a little bit better this year. Um, more players went out. Some other players came in. He, he was actually able to draft in the first you know few rounds. Do you think that we're going to see the kind of stamp that he wants to put on this team this year, or does he need next year where he'll have more picks and more draft and more cap room? Probably needs another year because this year they have, uh, what, $40 million in, in dead money. So that's $40 million he couldn't spend on players. So it's kind of hard to evaluate when you're only playing with, you know, two thirds of the house money. But mm-hmm. hopefully we'll see some of the guys who got the draft this year if it can be possible pieces of the puzzle. and and see just where the thing's going. Vic, I know Josh Cribbs was in town. Is there a realistic chance that they sign this guy? There's a chance that they made an offer. I think he's uh, coming off knee surgery, so I think that's why he's still available. He's been to, uh, since uh, he stopped by here, he went to New York and visited with the Jets and uh, the Giants, and now he's in the Lions next. So he's in, he's in no rush. He's now able to uh, kind of sell himself and see what the best price is. So there's a shot. I'm not sure it's a great shot, but uh, they're in the mix. And I know he was on some terrible Browns teams, but he was the one bright spot. Do you look at Josh Cribbs and say that's still a big-time impact player in this league? I think he's an impact player on you know, special teams, obviously. He's a great, great returner. He hasn't had a lot of uh, receiving numbers. He's been in the league eight years. I think it's 107 catches. So I think it hasn't quite clicked for him there. But as far as you know, having an impact on the game, he definitely does. Vic, I'm not going to ask you to get into the zone blocking scheme. We all know that that was a complete disaster. But I do want to talk about Darren McFadden. Um, his problem has mainly been staying on the field. When he is on the field, he's one of the most dynamic running backs uh, in the game. That being said, the shelf life for running backs is not very long. Um, do you see as long as he's healthy that he'll be as effective as he was in years past? I, I think so. I think you look at him a couple of years ago, he was one of the best guys in the league. So, um Right now, he says he's fully healthy. He's fired up. He wants to definitely show last year was a fluke and that this new scheme going back to the power scheme is made for him. I think it's also a contract year, which is always, you know, it's a factor. People don't say they don't play better in those kind of years, but often they do. you got to, you know, prove yourself a little more than in most years. So I think he's uh, set up for a big year. Vic Tafer, San Francisco Chronicle, with us on the Bay Area's new sound for sports, 95.7. The game, new home for Raiders football. I know we haven't seen that much of Matt Flynn, but if we look at him as the starter, can you say right now that's an upgrade over Carson Palmer? I wouldn't say that. I, I think Carson got a bad rap last year. I thought he um, 
did pretty well for um, having, like you mentioned, no running game. Uh, receivers weren't great. Now, the offensive line wasn't great. I thought the first half of the year he was pretty good. Obviously, he slipped a little bit the second half of the year, but I don't think Matt Flynn's an upgrade over Carson Palmer. Vic, the Raiders picked uh, quarterback Tyler Wilson in the fourth round. The Jaguars traded their pick to Philly, and it was speculated that it was to get ahead of the Raiders who were going to pick Matt Barkley, is there any truth to that? And how do they feel about Tyler Wilson moving forward? I think there is truth to that. I think they wanted Matt Barkley. That was a guy. I think both Barkley and Wilson had higher grades than you know the fourth round on the Raiders draft board. So I think you know the case of where Barkley was probably higher on the list. But once he was taken, it still had the value on the board where they thought Wilson was good at that point. So I think he's you know, also still kind of a project, kind of like a prior is. I don't think you're looking for him to come in this year and take the starting job, but I think they like his toughness in the pocket. He kind of uh, has some moxie to him, so I think he's a worthwhile guy to look at. Jeez, what a difference a year makes for Matt Barkley. Kids don't stay in school is the lesson <laughs> we learned from that. He is Vic Tafer. Check out his piece on DJ Hayden coming out in the San Francisco Chronicle. Tony Sperano out there coaching up the lines. Looked good. The lines are working hard. Uh, it's just the beginning. But I just want to tell you that there's promise out here because the players that are supposed to be good, well, they are good. They're showing how much better they are than these other guys for good reason because they are better and we expect them to be. As we go through the next camp phase of our OTAs before we get to training camp and then go through camp, we'll be able to see a little bit more how they might separate themselves from this, the real pros how they might try to, you know, once you get the pads on, then you're going to know who's doing what and how hard. And that is going to be a big eye-opener. So this is just the beginning, but it's a nice beginning. I like the tempo. I like the energy. I certainly like the personalities and character of the guys we got. I like them all. I think they all bring something to the table, which is a lot to say, as opposed to just getting the fastest guy in the draft, which is what we're used to. So I got to tell you, it's just the beginning, but I'm liking it, and you should be uh, you should be looking up too. I'm not saying we're going to win a lot of games. I'm saying we have a good foundation to win future games and put the fear back into the silver and black. And that is all I have to say about that. So after the Raiders saw this young group of players um, during the rookie training camp, they decided to make some moves, which are smart because these guys might end up on the practice squad or who knows, they could play. So here's who we picked up in the last three days. Chance Casey Thomas, which is a cornerback from Baylor. He started all or parts of four seasons as safety. So You know, he's not the best player. None of these guys are the top players in the draft or they'd have been drafted. But they have a chance to perhaps show their skill and get a job. 
Eric Harper, 6'3", 240, linebacker from Grambling State. That's not a bad choice. Greg Jenkins, six foot one, wide receiver out of Alabama State. I mean, these are these are good schools with some good players. Jerron Mastered, 6'5", 255, tight end from Kansas State. Ryan Robinson, six foot four, two hundred fifty-five pound defensive end from Oklahoma State. Andrew Robitsky, six foot one, two hundred and ninety-seven pound center. Western Illinois. Now, that's a nice size for a center, so he could turn out pretty good. Michael White, 5'11", 184 pounds, cornerback, Michigan State. And we claim somebody off waivers, Andre Holmes, 6'4", 210, wide receiver out of Hillsdale. So, Reggie's making some moves, and he's making some moves now that we have to. This is nothing new. This happens in camp. Uh, This is what happens normally. Uh, but it's nice to see we have a, a nice, fresh bunch of players. There's not too many veterans on here. Uh, so the Raiders are making some moves to, to shore up their team and, and, and make some secure backups. Now, I will say this for sure. We've got the bodies for the most part. There's a few out there that we might get, like the Raiders are offering a deal to Josh Cribbs. That's right. The first one's to throw some money at the guy. Hopefully it'll stick. I don't know. There's a lot of teams needing his, his attention, but sure would be a nice upgrade to what we have now. Uh, so, yeah, the Raiders are still looking for talent. They have a little bit of money, and they're, they're not afraid to spend it, which is the nice thing. So that's a positive. we got to look at that, but now it's coaching. Coaching is the deal. This is where the coaches make their money. Guys walk around the sidelines during the season. It's too late, baby. The seed wasn't planted. The plant didn't grow. It's starting to die, and you jacked it up from the get-go. You have to plant the seeds of success now. This is where the coaching staff's biggest influence and results will show up during the season. These guys are all very young, a lot of young players here, and so the coach's job is to instill the skills and, may I say, the confidence it takes to get out there and get it done. So this is their turn. This is their time. And we will all see the results of their hard work as we go through training camps. So stay tuned, Raider Nation. This is just the beginning. And I'm not just looking at players. I'm looking at coaches. You know, faux show. I'm looking at coaches, <laughs> especially after last year. And that is all I have to say about that. Bad of the bone. Bad all right, Raider Nation, it's time for the very short, very sweet bone line <laughs> section of the show. We ain't got done. We got two. So uh, we're working on it, fellas and ladies. So stay on at 1-800-620-7181, 1-800-620-7181. Hell, just call to, to help us make sure we get all our callers. Just call and hang up. Call say, hey, what the hell, and hang up, whatever. Call and make sure it's working. That'd be even better. So give us a call, man. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying. So let's get to these calls because, hey, every call is a good call. Who we got on the box first? 
We have Rated Tread on the line. What's going on, man? Give us the wisdom. Just talked with the Raider fan. Uh, this is Rated Tread. Um, he said he was disappointed with the draft choices, and I let him know that um, I'm very pleased with the draft choices. I believe in what Reggie McKenzie's doing, and uh, looking forward to the upcoming season. Uh, he's still wondering about Terrell Pryor. Is he going to start? Is he not going to? I don't know. Um, I think Matt Flynn is not going to win the starting job by week one. I don't know if that's going to go to Tyler Wilson or uh, Terrell Pryor, but uh, I still believe Terrell Pryor will be the future, and uh, I, I do believe in what Reggie McKenzie is doing, and like always, Raiders for life. I indeed was surprised about the draft. I'm, I'm not saying I didn't like it. I was just surprised at the choices. That's what happens when you get used to the same kind of choices every year in the past. So refreshing change, although change is difficult for anybody, and it was for all of us. We're like, what? Who? <laughs> I did that through the whole, most of the draft anyway. But seeing these young men now and having a face-to-face -face conversation with them, it's fully clear to me. It's totally clear why they're on our team. These are quality men, I'm telling you right now, and they've got some serious heart, and those are things that are pretty evident right now. We'll see, but I like that. Also, I don't think Flynn's going to win the job either. I know I'm going to get heat maybe for that. I think Tyler Wilson's going to take the job, honestly. If he doesn't, I'd be surprised, but I, I just think – I think he's going to do it. Don't ask me why. It just looks that way. We'll see through camp how it works out. I don't think Terrell Pryor is long for the silver and black at the quarterback position. So we'll see. Maybe they got something else planned for him. He might not want to play it. I don't know. That's got to pan itself out. But I appreciate the call. And, uh, yeah, I think our draft picks were pretty damn spot on on uh, my book. Uh, just talking to the men. Thanks for the call, brother. And next we have Raider Chungo. And, uh, well, we didn't get his first call because <laughs> the system blows. So we got a second call. What's up, brother? Damn it, Raider Greg. I totally forgot to say something on my last call. This is Raider Chongo. So this idea that you're supposed to pick up all your needs in the draft, you don't draft for needs. That's a crappy team to draft for needs. You just have the best talent available, and you move on. You know what happens when you draft for needs? You're the goddamn Jerry Jones of the Cowboys, and you draft a center who had a fourth-round grade on him in the end of the first round. That's what happens. I'm out. And I believe we got the best player available this time. I mean, I you have to think it if you're listening to these guys and looking at them face-to-face. -face. This is a good group of young guys. That's all I got to say. Nice. It's a nice <laughs> I think we got some good, hardworking guys with some heart. We'll see. I don't know yet, but it looks like that. And, yeah, well, we were we were just like Jerry Jones when Al was still alive. We just drafted the fastest guy in the draft. It didn't matter where he was. He was the fastest guy. That's who we got. We got used to that. And now it's different. So we've had a little taste of the Reggie McKenzie twist. I'm liking it so far. Let's get these coaches to coach it up. That's what I'm saying. 
Well, that's going to do it till we get out to Alameda again for the OTAs and out to Napa for training camp. Stay tuned to what's going on here because it was great to interview Tyler Wilson, C.O. Moore, Bryce Butler. I mean, the list went on. McGee. Uh, you know, there was a, a, a lot of guys there. Latavius. <laughs> we got to see them all. It was very cool. And thanks to the Raiders organization for letting us do so. We shall see these young men make it to championships, I am sure. So until then, this is Raider Greg, and I am out. Out.